द लॉ स्कूल ऑफ अमेरिका Bailment is a legal relationship in common law where the owner transfers physical possession of personal property, chattel, for a time, but retains ownership. The owner giving up custody is the bailer and the person who takes his bailey. The bailey holds the personal property in trust for a specific purpose and delivers the property back to the bailer when the purpose is accomplished. A bailment for the mutual benefit of the parties is created when there is an exchange of performances between the parties. For example, a bailment for the repair of an item when the owner is paying to have the repair accomplished. A bailer receives the sole benefit from a bailment when a bailee acts gratuitously. For example, the owner leaves the precious item such as a car or a piece of jewelry in the safekeeping of a trusted friend while the owner is traveling abroad without any agreement to compensate the friend. A bailment is created for the sole benefit of the bailee when a bailer acts gratuitously. For example, the loan of a book to a patron, the bailee, from a library, the bailer. Transactions that create bailment. Bailment may also be created in the following types of transactions where property is delivered to the bailee. A lease agreement to personal property, where the bailee gains the right to use the bailer's property. An agreement to repair the bailer's property. The lending of bailer's property for use. The storage, transportation, or safekeeping of the bailer's property. A consignment of property for sale. The keeping of an arrestee's property after the arrest. Modifying the earlier opinion of Lord Holt, Coggs v. Bernard, 1704, Sir William Jones in his 1781 an essay on the law of bailments divided bailments into five sorts, namely: deposit, depositum, gratuitous agency, mandatum, loan for use, commodatum, possessory pledge, pignori acceptum, loan for hire, locatum or locatio et conductio, liability. No matter how a bailment arises, the bailee will incur liability in the taking of a bailment, in some cases effectively ensuring the goods. Different jurisdictions maintain different standards of care. Strict liability. The old common law held a bailee strictly liable for the bailment. The exception to this rule was the case of involuntary bailments, see below, when the bailee is only held to a standard of due care. Tiered system. In many jurisdictions the system of strict liability has been replaced by a tiered system of liability that depends on the relationship of the bailee to the bailer. The bailee is generally expected to take reasonable precautions to safeguard the property, although this standard sometimes varies depending upon who benefits from the bailment. If both bailer and bailee are found to benefit from the relationship, such as watch repair, then the bailee is held to a standard of ordinary or reasonable care. Mutual benefit bailment If the bailment is to the primary benefit of the bailer, such as finding a lost wallet, the bailee must be found grossly negligent to be liable for damage done to the bailment. If the bailee primarily benefits, such as if one borrows a neighbor's rake to clean his lawn, the bailee must exercise the highest care. For example, is liable for any damages arising from slight negligence. Reasonable care. Some jurisdictions have held bailees to a standard of reasonable care without a formal distinction based on who benefits. The standard of reasonable care will vary in part according to who benefits from the bailment. Involuntary bailment. In a voluntary bailment, the bailee agrees to accept responsibility for possession of the goods. In an involuntary bailment, the bailee has possession of the goods without intent to do so, for example, due to accident or mistake. A common situation that creates voluntary bailment is when a person leaves goods with someone for service, for example, dry cleaning, pet grooming, car tune-up.
the bailee must hold the goods safe for the bailer to reclaim within a reasonable time. An example of involuntary bailment is where a lost purse or car keys are found and need to be protected until properly re-delivered a bailment is implied by law. Another example is if one is given a stock certificate but it turns out to be the wrong certificate, intended for someone else, he is an unintentional bailey, he has made no intentional act to become a bailey. He is therefore entitled to divest himself of the certificate regardless of a duty of care, so long as he does no malicious or intentional harm to another. Damages Plaintiffs will be able to sue for damages based on the duty of care. Often this will be normal tort damages. Plaintiffs may elect also to sue for conversion, either in the replevin or trover, although these are generally considered older, common law damages. Terms Bailment can arise in a number of situations and is often described by the type of relationship that gave rise to the bailment. Several common distinctions are For consideration versus gratuitous If a person agrees to accept a fee or other good consideration for holding possession of goods, they are generally held to a higher standard of care than a person who is doing so without being paid, or receives no benefit. Consider a paid coat check counter versus a free coat hook by the front door, and the respective obligations of the bailey. Some establishments even post signs to the effect that no bailment is created by leaving your personal possessions in their care, but local laws may prevent unfair enforcement of such terms, especially attended car parks. Fixed term versus indefinite term. A bailer who leaves property for a fixed term may be deemed to have abandoned the property if it is not removed at the end of the term, or it may convert to an involuntary bailment for a reasonable time, for example, abandoned property in a bank safe, eventually as cheats to the state, and the treasurer may hold it for some period, awaiting the owner. However, if there is no clear term of bailment agreed upon, the goods cannot be considered abandoned unless the bailey is given notice that the bailer wishes to give up possession of the goods. Frequently, in the case of storage of goods, the bailey also acquires a contractual or statutory right to dispose of the goods to satisfy overdue rent, a lawful conversion of bailed goods. In property law, alienation is the voluntary act of an owner of some property to dispose of the property, while alienability, or being alienable, is the capacity for a piece of property or a property right to be sold or otherwise transferred from one party to another. Most property is alienable but some may be subject to restraints on alienation. In England under the feudal system, land was generally transferred by subinfeudation and alienation required license from the overlord. Some objects are incapable of being regarded as property and are inalienable, such as people and body parts. Aboriginal title is one example of inalienability, saved to the crown, in common law jurisdictions. A similar concept is non-transferability, such as tickets. Rights commonly described as a license or permit are generally only personal and are not assignable. However, they are alienable in the sense that they can generally be surrendered. English common law traditionally protected freehold landowners from unsecured creditors. In 1732, the Parliament of Great Britain passed legislation entitled the Act for the More Easy Recovery of Debts in His Majesty's Plantations and Colonies in America which required all real property in British America to be treated as chattel for debt collection purposes. The legislation was reenacted by many state houses after the American Revolution, leading to the more commodified and transferable development of American property law. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America. A license is an official permission or permit to do, use, or own something, as well as the document of that permission or permit. A license can be granted by a party to another party as an element of an agreement between those parties. 
A shorthand definition of a license is an authorization to use licensed material. In particular, a license may be issued by authorities to allow an activity that would otherwise be forbidden. It may require paying a fee or proving a capability. The requirement may also serve to keep the authorities informed on a type of activity and to give them the opportunity to set conditions and limitations. A licensor may grant a license under intellectual property laws to authorize a use, such as copying software or using a patented invention, to a licensee, spearing the licensee from a claim of infringement brought by the licensor. A license under intellectual property commonly has several components beyond the grant itself, including a term, territory, renewal provisions, and other limitations deemed vital to the licensor. Term Many licenses are valid for a particular length of time. This protects the licensor should the value of the license increase, or market conditions change. It also preserves enforceability by ensuring that no license extends beyond the term of the agreement. Territory A license may stipulate what territory the rights pertain to. For example, a license with a territory limited to North America, Mexico-United States-Canada, would not permit a licensee any protection from actions for use in Japan. A shorthand definition of license is a promise by the licensor not to sue the licensee. That means without a license any use or exploitation of intellectual property by a third party would amount to copying or infringement. Such copying would be improper and could, by using the legal system, be stopped if the intellectual property owner wanted to do so. Intellectual property licensing plays a major role in business, academia, and broadcasting. Business practices such as franchising, technology transfer, publication and character merchandising entirely depend on the licensing of intellectual property. Land licensing, proprietary licensing, and IP licensing form sub-branches of law born out of the interplay of general laws of contract and specific principles and statutory laws relating to these respective assets. Real Property Licenses A license provides one party with the authority to act on another's land, when such action would typically amount to trespass absent that license. A key distinction between licenses and leases is that a license grants the licensee a revocable non-assignable privilege to act upon the land of the licensor, without granting any possessory interest in the land. Once a license is agreed upon, the licensee may occupy the land only so far as is necessary to complete the act. Another key distinction between a license and a lease is that leases are generally required to be in writing, where the statute of frauds requires it, while licenses can be made orally. Creation A license is generally created by an express or implied agreement. The licensor must agree to the license which can be shown in writing or the licensor's acquiescence in its exercise. Furthermore, unlike many other contractual agreements, a license does not require consideration, a license can be created with or without it. Moreover, whether an agreement is held to be a license and not a lease will depend on three essential characteristics of a license. 1. A clause allowing the licensor to revoke at will. 2. The retention by the licensor of absolute control over the premises. And 3. The licensor's supplying to the licensee all of the essential services required for the licensee's permitted use of the premises. Termination. Under a pure licensing agreement, the licensor, under its terms and by common law, can cancel the agreement at will and without cause, unless it is coupled with an interest or made irrevocable by contract. A license that has been coupled with an interest is not revocable by the licensor without exposure to liability and potential damages. In the event a license is coupled with an interest, the licensor must provide reasonable time for the licensee to remove that interest from the property prior to termination.
Additionally, because a license does not confer any possessory interest in the licensee, in the event of a sale of the property, the license is terminated and cannot be enforced against the new owners of that property. Moreover, the death of either the licensee or licensor will terminate the agreement. Remedies If a license is revocable at will by the licensor, courts will be unable to grant specific performance in favor of the licensee. A licensee would be unsuccessful in bringing forcible entry claims or a detainer proceeding because the licensee was never granted any possessory interest. The licensee would also not be able to recover damages for money spent unless they are able to show detrimental reliance on the license. In certain cases, however, licenses can be made irrevocable, and specific performance may be granted. Where a license is made with a set term period and valid consideration is transferred, revocation of the license prior to the term's expiration may raise breach of contract claims that could provide damages against the licensor. Furthermore, once the licensor terminates or revokes the license, notice is statutorily required prior to the commencement of any special proceeding to recover possession of the property, for example, in NY that requirement is 10 days. Mass Licensing of Software Mass distributed software is used by individuals on personal computers under license from the developer of that software. Such license is typically included in a more extensive end-user license agreement, EUA, entered into upon the installation of that software on a computer. Typically, a license is associated with a unique code, that when approved grants the end-user access to the software in question. Under a typical end-user license agreement, the user may install the software on a limited number of computers. The enforceability of end-user license agreements is sometimes questioned. As of 2020, there are various ways to license software with different kinds of licensing models, which allow software vendors to profit from their product offerings in flexible ways. Patent licensing A licensor may grant permission to a licensee to conduct activities which would otherwise be within the offer for sale, or import a patented product, or to perform a patented process. The term of a patent license may be a fixed, or example, specified, term, such as five years, or may be for the life of the patent, for example, until the patent expires. A patent is by its nature limited in territorial scope, it only covers activity within the borders of the country issuing the patent. Accordingly, a patent license does not require a territory provision. The consideration provided by the licensee in return for the patent license grant is called a patent royalty payment. In a paid-up license, the lump sum royalty payment is a specified monetary amount, typically due shortly after the effective date of the patent, for example, within 15 business days of the effective date, and no further payments are required. Otherwise, the royalty payment is a running royalty, typically payable on an annual basis. The annual royalty may be a specified amount, for example, $1 million each year, or an amount proportional to the volume of licensed activity conducted by the licensee. For example, $1 per unit of licensed product sold by the licensee that year, or 1% of the net sales amount of the licensed products sold by the licensee that year. A licensing agreement is an arrangement whereby a licensor grants the right to intangible property to another entity for a specified period, and in return, the licensor receives a royalty fee from the licensee. Intangible property includes patents, inventions, formulas, processes, designs, copyrights, and trademarks. Advantages of a licensing agreement A primary advantage of a licensing agreement, the firm does not have to bear the development and risks associated with opening a foreign market. It is very attractive for firms lacking the capital to develop operations overseas. 
Licensing can be attractive when a firm is unwilling to commit substantial financial resources to an unfamiliar or politically volatile foreign market. Licensing is primarily used with a firm that wants to participate in a foreign market but is prohibited because of barriers to investment. Disadvantages of a licensing agreement First, it does not give a firm the tight control over manufacturing, marketing, and strategy that is required for realizing experience curves and location economies. Second, Competing in a global market may require a firm to coordinate strategic moves across countries by using profits earned in one country to support competitive attacks in another. Licensing limits a firm's ability to do this. Lastly, a third problem with licensing is the relationship of the economic theory of FDI. This is associated with licensing technological know-how foreign companies. Technological know-how constitutes the basis of many multinational firms' competitive advantages. Most firms wish to control how their know-how is used, because they can lose control easily. Many firms make the mistake of thinking they could maintain control over their know-how within the licensing agreement. Trademark and Brand Licensing A licensor may grant permission to a licensee to distribute products under a trademark. With such a license, the licensee may use the trademark without fear of a claim of trademark infringement by the licensor. The assignment of a license often depends on specific contractual terms. The most common terms are, that a license is only applicable for a particular geographic region, just for a certain period of time or merely for a stage in the value chain. Moreover, there are different types of fees within the trademark and brand licensing. The first form demands a fee independent of sales and profits, the second type of license fee is dependent on the productivity of the licensee. When a licensor grants permission to a licensee to not only distribute, but manufacture a patented product, it is known as licensed production. Artwork and character licensing. A licensor may grant a permission to a licensee to copy and distribute copyrighted works such as art, for example, Thomas Kincaid's painting Dawn in Los Gato, and characters, for example, Mickey Mouse. With such a license, a licensee need not fear a claim of copyright infringement brought by the copyright owner. Artistic licenses, however, not related to the aforementioned license. It is a euphemism that denotes freedom of expression, the ability to make the subject appear more engaging or attractive, by fictionalizing part of the subject. Academia A licentiate is an academic degree that traditionally conferred the license to teach at a university or to practice a particular profession. The term survived despite the fact that nowadays a doctorate is typically needed in order to teach at a university. The term is also used for a person who holds a licentiate. In English, the degree has never been called a license. In France, the license is the first degree awarded in universities. In Sweden, Finland, and in some other European university systems, a licentiate is a postgraduate degree between the master's degree and the doctorate. The licentiate is a popular choice in those countries where a full doctoral degree would take five or more years to achieve. Vehicle Licensing A license to driving certain vehicles has been applied to many countries around the world. Being allowed to drive a certain vehicle requires a specific driving license, the type of license depending on the type of vehicle. Criminal Law In the United Kingdom prisoners serving a determinate sentence, a fixed time in prison, will be released prior to the completion of their full sentence on license. The license is the prisoner's agreement to maintain certain conditions, such as periodic reporting into a probation officer and only living at an approved address, in exchange for their early release. If they break the conditions of the license, they can be recalled, returned to prison. 
offenders serving determinate sentences are released automatically at a set point in their sentence, whereas prisoners serving indeterminate sentences, for example, life imprisonment, can only be released by the parole board. Economic Theory Patent licensing has been studied in formal economic models in the field of industrial organization. In particular, Katz and Shapiro, 1986, have explored the optimal licensing strategy of a research lab selling to firms who are competitors on the product market. It turns out that, compared to the welfare-maximizing solution, the licensor's incentives to develop innovations may be excessive, while the licensor's incentives to disseminate the innovation are typically too low. Subsequently, the seminal work of Katz and Shapiro, 1986, has been extended in several directions. For example, Bhattacharya, Glazer, and Sappington, 1992, have taken into account that the firms acquiring licenses must make further investments in order to develop marketable products. Schmitz, 2002-2007, has shown that asymmetric information due to adverse selection or moral hazard may lead the research lab to sell more licenses than it would do under complete information. Ontelo and Sampaio, 2017, have studied the optimal number of licenses in a signaling model. Criticism The provision of licenses and the agencies that mandate them are often criticized by libertarians, like Milton Friedman, for creating an anti-competitive environment for occupations, which creates a barrier to entry for more qualified and skilled individuals who may not have the resources to obtain the necessary licenses. According to Friedman, Licenses and permits have become so burdensome due to legislation that favors the current establishment of wealthy occupants that they decrease the supply of such occupations, which raises prices for the average consumer. Libertarians and the anti-authoritarian left, anarcho-communists, view competing guilds and other voluntary communes as being more beneficial for disseminating the skills and education required to perform a specified career. The Law School of America This has been a Creative Commons licensed podcast. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America (laughs) 